Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to DC On Screen, a podcast that talks about all of the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television, properties that have been brought to film and television. Uh, I am David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason. Hello. Today, we are talking about Constantine. We're going to do a recap slash review situation um and we're doing it because constantine excitedly even after cancellation is going to be showing up on arrow he was how do you feel about he's that? just too good to put down <laughs> he is the, this guy this guy was a lot of fun to watch man and i'm i know we're not going to get to wrap up the heaven and hell's worth of loose ends that still remain in constantine i know that may never happen um with any luck dc comics will shoot us a one-off or a you know a couple of couple of actual pages i'll take them mm-hmm. now um they may argue that they've already done that story before because uh, they are drawing on on uh, some of the books to get to get these stories but um you know i, I wouldn't mind a, a, a genuine kind of retake on it right i you know i'm hoping for um uh, at best a couple of lines in arrow you know saying uh, you know constantine could make a I don't know, a comment or something about how uh, his he had an angel that betrayed him or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm hoping there's at least... All right, my, my most ardent desire is that... It, mm-hmm. And they've said specifically one shot. They're trying to manage your expectations here. Um, they don't want you to right. go into the episode thinking that you were going to get the last episode of Constantine instead of an arrow. No, you're getting arrow, and it's going to focus on Sarah Lance, so... I'm glad mm-hmm. they did have Constantine because this is the episode that I was looking least forward to. Right. Because uh, it was already going to have Sarah Lance in it and just, uh, I didn't know how the whole White Canary thing happened. But anyway, so they're going to have Constantine, which is going to make that better. But I- I'm glad they actually went out and straight up said we're not doing a couple things because, yeah, I didn't, I would rather not have that expectation. Now I can just sit back and enjoy Matt Ryan playing the fuck out of this character for for one more go. Yeah. Uh, and, you know. At the same time, they're trying to manage our expectations, but they are also kind of teasing and saying, like, hey, man, we might be over on The Flash at some point. Mm-hmm. We might, you know, be over on, uh, you know, pop over to Legends of Tomorrow or something. I, mean, I have every hope that Matt Ryan's Constantine shows up on as many things as we can get him on. Um, shit, man, let's do a movie of the week. Let's do, uh, <laughs> you know, just. I know, I know. I, and I just. I don't. It's surprising. Mm. For only thirteen episodes, he just he's um they, they made a they made a good show. And I've I've forgotten the numbers on this. I really have. Um do you have the numbers on the ratings? Um 
let's see. The first episode was four point two eight million people. Mm-hmm. The second episode is three point zero six million. Mm-hmm. And then it's three point one four, three point four seven, three point five four, three point three four, three point one seven, three point three zero, three point zero six, three point four seven, three point two nine, two point nine six, and three point three zero. Now, all right, look, that is not enough to stay on NBC. I understand. No. That. But that's... I mean, I don't know that NBC is really doing that much better than that on... No, no. I mean, the show of anything? Yeah, they're uh, they're spitting out absolutely... They're flailing. Yeah, it's it's bad on on a few nights. But for a Friday night show to be pulling you in, what is that average? Three and some change million? I mean, uh... Yeah. I've I've, I've got another whole chart here where they're averaging 4.9 by one uh, one assessment. Look, that's enough. Right. Uh, if you were on sci-fi, if you were... Like, Burn Notice, I don't think, had those kind of ratings. And it's the best thing that happened to US, USA in years. Right. It That kept the ship ship sailing. Um, yeah, if this had gone to another station, I think it had been fine. If it had been on CW to begin with, I think it would have been fine. Um, I'm not sure the CW thinks that they have room for another show that's, you know, could be titled Supernatural, but... Yeah, and to to be clear here, I'm, right now... I am looking at the arrow numbers. They're lower. They do worse. They are lower. Like Flash is doing right about there, and Arrow's doing lower. And, you know, to be clear, Legends of Tomorrow hasn't done nearly as well as Constantine. (laughs) Its numbers are significantly lower. Oh, Jason. I'm I'm reaching here. I know. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, Gotham's look, man, doing I well mean, enough that even on Fox, it's going to be okay for a little while. Like we're we're going to get to watch okay. that little bat develop for for a minute longer. But um, yeah, the average viewership in millions of Gotham is for season one was nine point five million. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be okay. Now, look, this is by comparison. Gotham is a show about Batman. Batman does better than anything else DC has ever puts out. It's uh, it's Batman the bat is where the bat yeah. draws them in. Even when Batman isn't even in it, mm-hmm. even when he's just a child, you're still gonna pull. You're gonna rake in the viewers, man. Yeah, I mean, nine point five million. Constantine had roughly three million an episode, and that's really not bad for someone who, as far as the mainstream is concerned, only had Keanu Reeves to tend to right. it. I mean, your average, your average um, movie goer with with no real comic background or uh, God, yeah. man, they. You know, they think Constantine's like a skinny American bloke with uh, with dark hair who uh, right. would ever consider chewing a stick of gum instead of smoking a cigarette. Right, right, and uh, and that his little his little Chaz is uh, Sheila Boot. Like this, no man, no. Now this is this is what I'm considering though, mm-hmm. and I'm just for shits and giggles. Although it's not a it's not a DC Comics property, um, I'm trying to get inside the head of the of the executives. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking now at the ratings for Sleepy Hollow <laughs> season <laughs> season one of Sleepy Hollow ranged anywhere from uh looks like 10 million viewers to 6 million viewers on a weekly basis. That was season 1. Now, season 2, they wound up dropping down to an average of about 4 million viewers, 4 to 5 million viewers, and we know that that show is actually about to get retooled, but uh yeah, we're looking at the numbers for the season 1. That's when they would have greenlit Constantine. Yeah. Now, and that's but that's again, kind of the problem is they were looking over here at 10 million. 
and that feels like a comparable show. So they right. they just thought they had a dud. Maybe I I I, I'm, well, I don't know, man. I I think you your comparables should have been who are the other characters in this universe? Like, what's your fan base look right. like? Well, your fan base is us, and we liked the fucking show. Yeah, and, and we're watching yeah. to you know the extent that we could. I am like they, NBC dragged it on. Excuse me, NBC dragged it on for a little while though, and they weren't sure they wanted to get rid of it, and blah 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 blah. No, nah, it stayed. It it went all the way through. Like they tried to pitch it every way they could. I'll give them this. It dragged on for so long that I'm confident they actually tried. Someone actually tried to keep this thing going. Yeah, yeah. Eh, it's really. Hmm. I know, I know, and it's it's a lot to uh, it's a lot to talk about the the downfall of it, but we we should actually discuss the show itself and yeah why we cared at all. Now, you know, I mean, not that it should be said that this is the reason it was canceled, but the uh, they did kind of get they they started out a little a little strange. They had uh, Liv Aberdeen as the uh, as the daughter of uh, Jasper Winters, mm-hmm. uh, who was a friend of John Constantine's. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to base the show around her, and then they decided to kind of get rid of her and go more in a uh, more comic-oriented direction with the character of Zed, which I was fine with. I was great with, because Liver Aberdeen was kind of an annoying character, and I love Zed. <laughs> you ended up really liking Zed? See, I, I almost had it almost had it the other way around. Like, the uh, the winner's girl was... I don't know. I, I liked her. Um, I certainly wasn't thinking, oh my god, please get rid of her. There's nothing even close to that. Well, you know, but keep in mind by the time I actually watched the first episode, which I did, I watched that one pretty OG, actually. Right, but right. I, I do a, a, an entertainment show called the Entertainment Roundtable. It's a radio show. And I already knew that they, before the show ever came out, that they were going to be switching up after the pilot and moving on, over to Zed. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting her to stay around, but at the same time, I was in there going, I can totally see why they're, they're... first of all, I could see why they, they casted her and why they wanted this character in the first place. And then, I mean, she's basically Cordelia from Angel. <laughs> but so is Zed. So is Zed. I don't, Zed is actually even more Cordelia than... <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember Cordelia having psychic visions, but... Are you serious? No, it's been a while, like, man. When it's Doyle... been a long while since I've watched yeah. any kind of Angel. Yeah. And in Angel, there was a demon character named... Um, Gosh, what was his name? Uh, Doyle. Yeah, and there was a Doyle. He was in the the first six episodes, and he had visions. He would have visions and uh, and send oh. Angel and his crew over to yeah, she to, got him to, to do the thing, and then uh, and then he passed it on to Cordelia, I believe, through a kiss, something like and, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Zed is basically <laughs> probably Joss Whedon's little I mean, <laughs> little nod to Superman movies right there. Yeah, of course, you know. Constantine and Zed have been around for far longer than Angel, so I'm sure that, you know, I'm not going to say they ripped off Cordy. I'm, I'm, I would guess that Joss Whedon had, has read a fair amount of Constantine in this time, or Hellblazer, I should say. Right. And probably kind of just grabbed that. He was also probably trying to figure out, like, what the hell can I do with Cordelia? Because <laughs> this character is terrible. Right. Because she's clearly worth having, but eh. Yeah, no. I don't understand. Now, look, they, they did, they changed characters, though, and, um... I really, I, I didn't mind. Uh, I did think it was kind of weird because you can tell they're building up to, you can tell they're building up to this being a character that you're supposed to really get to know. And then they just, she's just gone. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's just gone. Is it. And I mean, what is it like? Yeah. End of the first episode, they get rid of her. So 
somewhere yeah, she like right before off, they yeah. got they got really started on the pilot they were they were already thinking she wasn't going to really make it um yeah and yeah i do remember seeing that zed had been cast and thinking okay what well, uh, i don't know i thought you had a girl anyway um but yeah it starts off a little weird but i don't think it's so weird that it it should have really destroyed anything um mm-hmm. now that being said i wouldn't i wouldn't mind <clears throat> Liv Aberdeen coming back at some point and wrapping up her story or something. She wasn't so egregious, you know, that I just never wanted to see her again. I I wouldn't mind her come, being like a you know recurring character once or, once or twice a season, right? But maybe have a little you know wrap up. But eh, she wasn't interesting. Like Zed actually was a lot more interesting to me from the get go. Well, yeah, Zed has uh, a lot going on. They 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 introduced her well. When you meet Zed, she's just scribbling John's face over uh, over everything and um mm-hmm. she does she's she's fun and she's kind of naive in this uh optimistic way um mm-hmm. got that childlike uh i don't know passion uh yeah so you you kind of meet her and and just immediately kind of roll with her cuz um she just seems so damn nice and uh god you, you almost yeah. feel bad for her with second she gets in a room with John Constantine though cuz how is that possibly going to end well it's a theme for the entire <laughs> show really is it and it's a it's it's a theme that's there for a reason. As Constantine generally does push the people away, uh, anyone that he really cares about, he pushes away. Because yeah. as the show points yeah. out over and over again, you stay with me for too long, you end up dead. Now this show, um, man, there was some potential. There really was. Jeremy Davies, he's a guy that's been on Lost. Uh, he's been on a bunch of other stuff. I know him primarily from Lost. He played uh, the character Richie Simpson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, man, I love that guy. Oh he's man, such he a was good a lot of fun too. This uh, the character in this show though is uh, yeah he's just kind of a a fellow amateur mage. Um, mm-hmm. They're part of the they they have the they go back for the it's the Newcastle crew. Um, so you know the, the the part of Constantine in the books that they stayed absolutely true to is you meet Constantine Institution. Um, right. Just after accidentally, well, I mean he, he fucked up. He he bungled here and got a uh, a little mm-hmm. girl's hell a, a soul sent to hell. Um, right. That's a sentence that's hard to even. Well, she get was through. she was it's just it's hard not to feel. She bad was about possessed. That. Yeah, she was possessed, and he was he was going to try to exercise her, and somehow wound up. Right, and all of the relevant to hell. people from uh, Newcastle get on to him for uh, the the ego you must have to think you could have controlled one demon so well that you could just use him to your will and not expect something bad to happen. But he does. Uh, yeah. and this is one of those themes through the show: is magic has its costs, and uh, if he learned anything there, he learned that there is absolutely no. No getting away with something for free with magic. And I really love that. I really love that they, they stuck with that, that magic has its costs. Like, he does a spell, they said, you know, what did that cost you? And he says, a couple of my a couple of years. Yeah, there's a lovely scene you know? where he's trying to, uh, he's trying to figure out, it's a it's an old bloke of his from, from his band days. They even used mucus membrane. Um, old, old friend of his uh, from back when he was actually just trying to, you know, screw around and have a band. He wasn't trying to do anything in his mm-hmm. life. His early life is John Constantine. He's a, he's a screw up. So <laughs> that's his mode. But um, right. He he meets that guy and yeah, he has to revive him for a few seconds. And you know, to revive the dead like that, uh, apparently, yeah, it costs you a couple days worth of your uh, your mortal life. Yeah, man. It, they and they keep that theme the entire freaking time. Whole whole portions. Yeah. Of uh, well, a lot of the episodes even end on the note of what did you have to sacrifice, including. Um, Zed's entire storyline for the first what would have been the first half of the season where her with the brain tumor um, right and they had a it, that brain tumor it, it ends in a 
it, it's hard to say. It's one of those things where if you wanted if you wanted an outright answer to the brain tumor and whether that was the cause of the visions or whether they were God given, uh, if you wanted an outright answer, you're just gonna have to get over it. What they they uh, yeah. they just make you accept that the uh, the angels sort of double speak is is you're gonna have to trust him. Uh, no. I, we haven't gotten any news as to whether um, Angelica Salaya uh, is that her name? Angelica Salaya or I don't know. Um, I thought we've established that we're Charles, terrible at names. Charles Halford and, and Angelica Salaya. We'll yeah, she, they have not been confirmed. Chaz and, and Zed haven't been confirmed for the Arrow crossover. I hope so hard that they're both there. I doubt very highly they will be. I think they would have said by now if they were going to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's and true. Some of the news, um, some of the news before all this came out involved. Uh, they, the last thing that happened was when he finally said, "Guys, it's never going to happen." I shopped it around to everyone I could, and there's just no home for mm-hmm. it. He also included in that little briefing that we've released all the actors from their contracts. Well, yeah. I'm not saying it that can't happen. Can't I'm just saying if over. I had to put a paycheck on it one way or the other, I'm saying no. Well, overall, the thing I want to see what happens with Zed. I want to. I just want more of Chaz because he was awesome. He was great, and I love Chaz. Um, Another, and this really, is a phrase you're just gonna have to get used to in life. True, but alum. Yeah. Now Scanlan as Jim Corrigan. Oh man, I really want to see the Spectre, and I want to see that cat play the Spectre too. I know. I thought he had a that, he had oh. this wonderful nuanced little undertone. It was it was one of those like still wa- still waters run deep kind of things. He you never saw him react too much to anything, but you always had the the feeling that if he did overreact to any situation, everyone in the room might die. Right. Uh, if you pop over Perfect. to our Batman Begins review, you'll see that I'm I'm complaining about how bad Killian Murphy played uh, Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. This dude has a very similar vibe to him. Like if you're not paying attention, you you're gonna look at at Emmett Scanlon and go, wow, he is really playing Jim Corrigan as a, like, he's just, this is awful. <laughs> but then when you really start paying attention to him, like, no, man, this is, this is nuanced. This is this nuanced. Is just, and, and he is a creepy subtle. bastard. It just, it looks like not enough, not a lot's happening, but that's that was where we ended up disagreeing on i mean i thought i think you ended up half agreeing with me that like when he's just jonathan crane it was a fine performance and as it progresses to scarecrow it goes off the fucking rails um right apparently the director told him i'm not going to kill you but i don't have to save your performance as it careened. yeah it does sound like nolan yeah anyway uh emmett scanlon man emmett j scanlon i really want to see what so much more of him is and we don't have to have constantine for that like i say we bring on jim corrigan and for whatever the hell we can figure out like shit man have him have him uh transfer over to starling city like now now is his uh now it's his mission to figure out the supernatural as well, and he's noticed some weird shit going on. And you want him as Corrigan, obviously. Oh God, yes, God, yes, Jim Corrigan. Let's do this. You Let's don't do want Spectre. him. Don't want him in the. Uh, <laughs> you don't want him in the hood yet. Well, no, I, w- I just want to do Jim Corrigan, and then you know. Because you realize if he shows maybe, up on uh, Arrow, he's gonna have some line about, "I'll show you a fucking green hood." <laughs> yeah, eventually. You think Let's do that. Let's do that. You think you're in charge of revenge, huh, Oliver? Well, I'm. I am begging Berlanti and group, whoever. <laughs> Berlanti and Co. If it, that is the way you get 
like that's the way you get Zed there. That's the way you get Jen because they had like a little romance thing going on. Let's say that she's moved on from Constantine. Some some shit went down. They they mention it, but they don't really actually say what happened. Uh, we know it has to do with Manny and the and the darkness rising and all that. And then we just have like her kind of there with uh with Jim Corrigan, even though she knows that he's gonna die. And uh, yeah, let's just do that. Let's like have Constantine pop over every once in a while. <laughs> I want those characters back. I know. I mean, what you just proposed was roughly to recast the entire thing, but do it in Starling City. Yeah, I mean, just bring him as in as recurring. We don't need him every episode, no, or maybe I, we do. You know, God, Arrow needs some some help. Yeah, I know. but um, although God, they. I know it's just because it gets to be a news and a drought and everything, but man, they're looking, they're looking good right now. Um, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. But getting back to what my, my actual real hope is, um, not the outlandish right. nonsense that you just outlined. Um, That's not outlandish nonsense. That's a true hope. That's not even, I wouldn't even categorize that as fan wink. <laughs> I don't even think it's fan wink. I think it's just a real a thing you really hope for, but I think it's over the moon. Oh, it's not going to happen. <laughs> over the damn moon. No, what I really do wish would happen, and, and I'll, I'll at least say there's a chance for this, is, okay, we do the one shot, but just have Matt Ryan. Fine. Great. Let me have my Constantine. It'll be great. I'll be happy. The, the episode does really well. You get a lot of positive response for it. Mm-hmm. You, you got a lot going on. Don't shoehorn Constantine in here. I mean, I don't want to try to wrap up that entire series now. You're trying to start Legends of Tomorrow, you got a whole thing. But maybe right. in the spring or next fall. Maybe bring in one or two uh, of the extra characters with him and come in and actually wrap up that story. Like, preferably, it's supposed yeah. to be episode 405 right now. Yeah. Um, right. Now, by the way, that does mean, though, that we have four episodes without Sarah Lance, so. Maybe, but. <laughs> um. Yeah, right. Only maybe, because God knows that could be a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards and whatnot. But yeah, speaking of shoehorning, they shoehorn Sarah in as much as they can, and I don't understand. I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna live. With yeah, it. we're gonna have to live with it. Um, it, like, it wouldn't be. I don't think it's, it'd be asking too much too if this episode has a good enough response to bring it back next year up the story. And plus, that would be about right for the timing. I mean, right now you pop on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind at all some little, uh, just a throwaway line. Just mention that Constantine has problems that he's working on right now and that he's over here doing something. I mean, I I don't know that, and you know, they they have the the scrying map that they use on this. I should have done this before we started, actually, but I really should have freeze-framed it and checked to see if Starling City is on there at all because it's a a realistic map. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know where you'd fit they that. They don't on. have it anymore, though. Maybe like an extra red spot somewhere. Um, they don't have the scrying map anymore, though. Well, no, but you know, you can go back to the old episodes. But yeah, now he was, you know, towards the end of the season, he, or uh, series, I guess, he was told uh, that was a crutch, you know, to trust your instincts. I get that. But it would have been nice to have um, a reason to get to Star City. I assume the Rising Darkness is why he'd get there, because that's why he's supposed to be doing everything right now. But yeah, get him over there. Give me a little, give, toss me a bone here about how he is working on something big. Um, and then next year, just come wrap it up for me. Yeah, yeah, I I do. I want it wrapped up, but uh, man, I there's no there's no uh, version of me that is not mourning the loss of this series. I know, like early in the podcast, I hadn't watched it yet, and 
I, I didn't want to unless we were going to get Constantine on Arrow or, or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when the, the rumors started really hitting heavy and they said they were going to try to make it happen, I was just like, okay, dive in. Man, I'm not saying this is it's like Firefly level, but these are, these are for the most part, 13 damn good episodes. Yeah. No I mean, pun intended on the damn good, but... <laughs> Um, um yeah they they just genuinely are they're um don't get me wrong there's a couple of couple of places where it gets a little silly hey that's how tv works man it, it, it's yeah nothing nothing is that good not even the wire i said that and i'll stand by it not even the wire is that good i've never seen an episode of the wire i've seen enough to know that it's not as good as everyone damn thinks it is um <laughs> But it's just because just anytime someone talks about it, they, they speak of it like it is infallible. Uh, yeah, it's, I've had that too, and I don't understand. In any case, I mean, look, man, it's it's just, it's a really, God, it it's one of those shows where, yeah, it's procedural to some extent. Um, right. Every week he's got a new thing, and yeah, they even had, you know, the scrying map was a, a cute little, this is what we're doing this week. Um, mm-hmm. Come on, man. If, if the procedural format was just going to be a real deal breaker for you, then right. I guess I can't help you. But um, if you can get along with the fact that people do need framing devices and plot devices and, you know, that that's how stories work, then welcome back. It, right, and no. what they did was a really good episode, or a really good job with each time they used it. The um, the character that's involved, like it, every time they they showed me, like the, you know, uh, for instance, the, lo- the episode where the little kid's possessed and he terrorizes his family. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic. There's there's an entire episode where the villain is just one piece of vinyl. It's a it's a vinyl record, <laughs> and I watched the <laughs> shit out of that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, I totally would. I would have totally too. died. By the way, if I was in this, if I was in the show, if I got near that vinyl, it would have been too much for me. I would have had to have heard that song. Mm-hmm. I would have died. I have no doubt of it. Um, but God, just uh, like pound for pound, every episode they gave you a a an, a good an, uh, sorry a good antagonist. Um, every time he whips something out, it's always some like fun little magical adventure. Um, Mm-hmm. You know the same one with the little kid that's terrorizing his his family. He he runs into the room and the little kid, uh, well the little demon child at this point, um, it, it you know flips out on him. And Constantine, if he has nothing, Constantine's got a quick wit. He immediately runs to a mirror, yeah. puts a spell on it, pulls the mirror up, and protects himself. Mm-hmm. He's a resourceful little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, now speaking of of Firefly, quickly. And spoilers for Firefly. If you haven't seen that, just go watch it. What's wrong with you? Why haven't you watched Firefly? Mm-hmm. How much, how much, and this is one of my favorite bits of Constantine, how much did Gary Lester remind you of um, Private Tracy Smith from The Message? Like his whole his whole arc and everything. You know, not one bit until you mentioned it, but yeah, there are, a few, there are, there are some tropes. <clears throat> oh, man. Like, I had almost the same reaction, too. Like... Oh man, Gary Lester, old friend of uh, old friend of Constantine's, one of the newfound, like, uh, the Newcastle crew, one of the Newcastle crew. He went and hid when uh, when the shit was going down, and he apparently a very like, heroin addict, all sorts of yeah. He's uh, he's he's one of the stuff. you know there there's a a whole you know it, it, in the addiction realm there are many kinds of addiction and it's it's rarely as straightforward as I'm an addi- I'm an addict of this. It's there's comorbidity mm-hmm. uh, abounding so. In his case, he's one of the people that, when he has it under control, you know, it's all—it's just pot and booze. Um, well, the way Dennis Leary used to describe it was uh, taking a night off, taking it easy, just meant a few joints and like half a case of beer. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was a that was a relaxing evening. Um, 
So this guy's one of those, though. When he's when he's stressed out, say, for instance, if you just got a little girl damned, um, you end up on a bender in whatever the hell country has easy access to heroin. So uh, right. for him, I forget where that was. It was India, I want to say. Sudan. No, no, Sudan, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but he ends up there, uh, finds, legitimately does find this demon, and even in his uh, narcotic haze, Managed to do some pretty good sorcery tricks. One, yeah. Not even just a regular demon. They describe that this isn't just a. This isn't a, a a quizzling. This is a. This is one of the like. This is the demon of famine. I think it was. Um, yeah. This is one of the people that's mentioned by name in the Bible. <laughs> he managed to pull that off. Like Constantine couldn't even do it when he tried. So he ended up being. Yeah. He ends up having kind of a. You end up being proud of him because he actually did do that. And God, you you are. It's just I know what you're getting at as far as. The way he the way he goes out, um, it's one of those lives. It's one of those lives that's lived frivolously, and it the the bookmark the end cap on it is is just full of honor, and it's really nice. Yeah, man, that that killed me, man. I uh, like because Constantine winds up having to like put the demon in him. Yeah, yeah. and he agrees to it. That's the way he it's going to eat him alive, and it's going to kill the demon, but it also kill him. Of course. And uh, man, and then later on. Uh, I don't remember which episode. Maybe it was Blessed or the Damned is what I want to say, but it, I'm not sure. You just, because the Chaz, uh, not Chaz, uh, Jasper has this mirror in his house that. Mm, I think it can, was that episode. Time distorted. It's it's all time distorted. So you see the you can see the past in the mirror. And Constantine's just there drinking himself into a stupor and looking at his now dead friend, Gary Lester, like shaking from withdrawals. Right. Jeez, man. And uh, the thing is, though, oh, like, man. <laughs> to, to do what you have to do, it, God, the, the ending of that ep- of the episode with uh, with Lester is particularly touching because mm-hmm. uh, it's one of those moments in the show as it's progressing where you kind of realize that they really are on the same page because at the very end of this, he does. He agrees. Uh, his friend, his friend for all, well, his friend agrees to sacrifice himself to properly trap this demon so that they can properly let the demon starve inside his own body which will mm-hmm. send it back to hell. And the process of doing that is a slow, agonizing, absolutely terrible death. And, yeah. you know, without without a blink, uh, with a smirk even, really, the guy signs up for it and goes. And, yeah, it, it is. It's a really it's a really good moment. It's got a lot, of, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of nobility to it. It's really fun to watch. And the last scene in that episode is... Is it Gary? Uh, yeah, him just writhing, writhing in absolute agony on a bed. And Constantine with this hell blazing is honestly the word that should be applied so forgive me hell blazing look in his eyes just staring straight forward with his firm grasp on his friend's hand who's just writhing um it's yeah. honestly if if i just showed you that scene that's all i'd have to show you to know the scene that the, that the story has heart that they actually try to do something with the show um, mm-hmm. it's a damn good scene he's just sitting there gripping his friend while he dies and just being at his bedside it's not like the friend would even know he, it's just his duty and he knows that and he sits there and he does it and he feels everything he's supposed to feel even though it doesn't have to um and then just to top it off manny this this angel friend that he's a you know premises of um pops in doesn't say a word doesn't do anything just pops in and sits with him constantine barely even glances at him it's just a really mm-hmm. ah it's it's uh it's it's the kind of scene you have to earn and they and they fucking did it because by the end of that yeah. episode you are completely emotionally invested in the show i think that's my favorite episode of the show i don't know um I don't know. That would be a good question, actually. I, uh, I did, no, I did no, really it, uh, love... The one with Richie Simpson. 
Um, oh yeah, and the Jacob yeah. Shaw and all that stuff. That might be my favorite. That or the Felix Faust one. By the way, guys. Yeah, Felix I was about to say Faust. quid pro quo. <laughs> and played wonderfully by uh, Mark Margolis. Oh yeah, who uh, is just always there for you when you need a creepy bastard. Yeah, he he has a great turn in. Uh, or a landlord for a long that while. hates animals. God, you're going back to Ace Ventura. Hey, look, look, '90s kids. You know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Yeah, Ventura. <laughs> yes, Satan. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were someone else. It's a good scene. Damn it. <laughs> this dude has no, a. If, has by a the way, if you are a '90s kid, and, uh, never watch that movie again. You'll remember it much better than you actually will enjoy it. Jason is half right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a couple of years ago. If you want to know which half, go watch it yourself. I I watched Ace Ventura and Ace Ventura When Nature Calls probably two years ago. I got on a weird bent and kind of wanted to go back and watch a bunch of old stuff that I I dug when I was a kid. Right. And uh, about half of the jokes are just as good as you remember them. (laughs) The other half are just as good, but only for nostalgia reasons. Like, just sitting there, they're going, (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Right, right. Uh, but I yeah, did, Mark I did go back and watch recently, the mask just to try, and yeah, it was. I had about the same reaction. I had it. The mask is still pretty on point. It, okay, all right. Sorry, we're getting dis- we're getting dis- anyway, we're getting distracted. We are, we are. But Mark Margolis, like I said, he's he's always a he's a great character actor, and uh, one of my favorite bits. And if you want to see a dude act, go check him out in Breaking Bad. Mm, this is like I old, never got this to is him. an old school. I know, um, but he's an old school mob boss. And I'll I'll go get uh, I won't go into spoilers here, but he's an old school mob boss. Like he's really old. Like his family runs the shit now. But at this point, like he's just an old man, and he's stroked out and had so many problems that what he does now is he just sits in a chair in a wheelchair and rings a bell. Like he's just got a little bell under his finger, and he tries he tries to that's how he communicates. Mm-hmm. But he has all of these. He's like doing like a stroke thing like with like half of his face is kind of paralyzed but so he's pulling that off wonderfully he's doing the bell he's got the like things that are happening he's trying to alert his like family to shit that like walter white and people are doing whatnot Mm -hmm. but this dude pulls it off so well this is an actor's actor man (laughs) okay that let me let me wrap up your endorsement with this if 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 you can actually say to someone, yeah, I know he only sat in a chair and rang a bell, but he rang the fuck out of that bell. Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is what Tom Hardy was really hoping he could do with, with having his entire face covered as Bane in Dark Knight Thought Rises he'd be able to pull it off. That. Yeah, he, he, you know. No, I mean, if, if you can watch somebody in a chair like that and think, God, that's a, an amazing performance. Yeah, man, that, that really is. It really is. But, uh, you know, I, hey... Felix Faust, man, and you get someone like Mark Margolis to, and that's the perfect choice to play Felix Faust. Just, I never thought I'd see Felix Faust on screen. <laughs> Not really, unless didn't. it was like an episode of Justice League. I didn't think like a cartoon. I didn't think Felix Faust would show up, but I just, I was happy as hell. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I really was too. I just, and there was, there was potential for more, like. The stuff that was in, the stuff that was either in the pilot or when you look around Jasper's house, the 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 artifacts that are available, just to name just to name three, there's a very particular helmet. So somewhere in this show, Doctor Fate's hanging around. Well, I guess yeah. it's just the helmet, so we're between Fates. But yeah, somewhere that helmet is gonna find somebody, and uh, mm-hmm. I mean that's it's that's how it rolls. Um, there's a Medusa mask on the wall. In the background. Yeah. The half and half 
the whole thing. You, Roger Hayden presumably is somewhere, I guess under control. Um, and then the one that really cracked me up when you look close, there's backwards writing somewhere. I I, mm-hmm. I forget where it is, but yeah, Zatanna's apparently around there somewhere. Like all of the fun, magical well, people yeah. could have been involved. I, that doesn't include like Pandora's boxes hanging around there. There's an Ebistick around there somewhere. Yeah. Like, all of this was available on the shelves. Yeah. There was just this this litany, Dude. endless litany, because it was it was a it was a TARDIS home that it was much bigger on the inside. <laughs> but yeah. there was so much we could have done. And that's that's just what could have been on the horizon. That could have been, you know, seasons two and three. Even during this season, you still had you still had Richie Simpson to play with. You had Jim Corrigan. I mean, you had Papa Midnight. Oh, Papa Midnight was cool. He was and fun, man. He takes you a second to get used to it. He's almost an acquired taste. He really yeah, is like a, a bourbon you have to get ongoing... past the burn for, and then it tastes really yeah. good. I dug him as the ongoing villain, though. I and he didn't really hit and me as hard. Not even until, completely like, villain. I, he was another fremesis. Like that's yeah, the but, best you know, Constantine has in his life is people who hate him but need him anyway. <laughs> I really dug him. Like I, I was kind of lukewarm on on him until I they did the episode where he is actually just bringing back people from the dead, and you get, actually get to see like I don't know like his little following, like the people who come to him and and yeah at, uh, make requests of him and like they like kind of worship him almost like no they oh, literally man. do I mean he's a voodoo priest and um, voodoo technically is a religion those yeah, are yeah. technically worshippers yeah. I mean they're not yeah. worshiping him it's a clergy situation but right right right. Um, the voodoo shit always freaks me out, though, a little bit. Like, I, I feel a little uncomfortable when they start delving into that. <laughs> I, I, I think that's what's supposed to be a natural human reaction to someone performing voodoo. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. I think so. Um, um, and on top of that, like, uh, they had, and I don't, I don't think, I couldn't find it anywhere. If I'm wrong, please correct me. I couldn't find it anywhere, sure. and, you know, uh, Speaking for Dave, too, we don't know Constantine like we know, say, Batman. Um, right. There's only so yeah. much time in the day, and God help me, we've tried. But um, And don't get me wrong, we've, we've done our research before this show ever came up. We, we're fans, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that um, I can tell you, for instance, if Chaz has ever been a regenerative being before. I couldn't find it anywhere. If I'm wrong, I'd love to know, because I want to go back and read yeah. all that. But as far as I know, that's an invention of the show. Now, they kept the yellow cap, but... Um, yeah, it, that was a really fucking cool, uh, cool mechanism to to employ. I wish they had made the number I higher like than like thirty five. Well, but yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Like, I I like that they made the number so low because even if the character wasn't that way in the comics, mm-hmm. it's a temporary thing. So he could actually just get down to one life and just be like the normal bloke he always was. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean uh, the the uh, the inverse for me is I I really I enjoyed my name as Earl. I was I mean Jason Lee's dear to my heart. We've you know if you if you grow up a Kevin uh, Smith fan, it's hard not to watch. But um, he you know he had that list of things he was trying to complete, and you never knew what the last number was on the list, so you never knew how close he was getting to completing it. Always bothered me. Here. That's because they never knew they were going to be renewed or not. Right. Seriously. <laughs> um. By the way, if it just just to be sure, if 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 anyone used to watch My Name Is Earl and was annoyed that it was cut off, go find the the AMA. Um. By the guy who did it, uh, Garcia, and he actually does tell you what the ending of that show was. So I was happy to yeah. know it was out there. If anyone did, go for it. But with Chaz, man, they gave him like a a real number, which. To some extent, I wished it was higher because let's project ahead. Say this show did last like three seasons. Um, right. That's about as far as he would have made it because, man, he died like, God, ten times probably in this season or in this half a yeah. season. 
Yeah, he did. He died a lot. And I wondered about certain things about the mechanics. Like, um, every now and then they just, uh, they have one episode where they just have him injure himself mm-hmm. so they can create a distraction. Well, that's fine. Does that take, like, half a life? Quarter life? Yeah. Fifth of life? I don't know. That's good. Uh, I did I did wonder about that. I, I just wondered about the mechanics a little bit. I'm sure they would have worked now, that they, out. I, Harold Perino, I, I think, Perino, I think that's how you say his name. Again. Uh, hold on. Let's let me let me take my guess too, so we can both be wrong. Uh, Harold Perineau. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go with Perineau. All right. Yeah. This is a guy I'm going down Michael with you, buddy. Lost. Yeah. He played Michael on Lost. He's also a Lost alum and did a mm-hmm. fine job on that show. And he does a fine job here in a completely different type of role. I hope to. I really do. I hope to see this guy in other stuff. This this is a, a good cat here. Yeah. No. Um, he, um, and in particular, the episode he, where he's human for a minute. Yeah, and that's what I was about to bring up. Um, Angels and Ministers of Grace. Mm-hmm. They go to the hospital. Uh, this is the episode where uh, Zed dis- discovers she has a brain tumor. and um, This actually might be my favorite episode. But Constantine has... And this is this is one of those fun things. Like This this episode reminded me a lot of the episode, I think it was called Q-less, in Star Trek The Next Generation, where uh, the Q Continuum decides to, to punish Q and lets him be... He's got he's got to be mortal now, but and he gets to choose whichever race he wants to, and he accidentally thinks human, <laughs> <laughs> and winds up on the Enterprise, and he's he's mortal, and he doesn't understand hunger, and he doesn't understand all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is uh, like Manny uh, Harold's character is an angel who who kind of pops around every once in a while to guide Constantine, and as we find out in the last bit, he's actually betraying Constantine, and he's kind of an evil angel, uh, or so we're led to believe. Anyway. That's the fun part, is it's only mid-season, and you have to have a, a big, like, drop-the-hammer reveal. I honestly could not tell you what was on their minds. He he could have been an angel with a with an well, angelic plan. He could have been an angel with a demonic plan. I don't know. I really don't. Well, this was the end of their season. They knew it was going to be the last episode. I mean, they didn't know it was going to be the last episode of the they series. They didn't know it was going to be like forever, but they knew it was going to oh, be no, the last Oh, no, that is a good point. Season. They knew it was the last of season 1. Um, but I still when they were planning that, they still probably had that turn in mind. That was their big mm-hmm. cliffhanger for either the end of the preseason or season 1 and hoping to get a mid-season run. Right. Um, right. That was where they were going to drop you off and pick you up later after school. But angels and ministers of grace, man, he becomes human. John puts a spell on him, and he looks like a he looks like a doctor mm-hmm. that because uh, he does this thing where he pops into someone else's body and kind of walks around and talks to John for a minute. John sees him as he is, but no one else does. And uh, then he'll fly out of that body, and uh, John traps him inside of this dude, this doctor who's apparently having an affair with one of the nurses. Of course um, he is. And and Manny, being an angel, has never experienced uh, sins of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the bit where she like grabs him and brings him. This nurse grabs him and brings him into like the janitor's closet and starts making out with him. And he's like, "Oh, oh!" And then she, you know, gets down on her knees and you just see him from like the waist up. And he goes, "Oh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> now he he does. He has this absolutely. Great. Oh man, it is. It's it's kind of fun and naive and. God help me. You actually do believe this is the first time someone has touched that man's penis. <laughs> or that he's ever had a penis to touch. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure about the anatomy of angels was not addressed in Constantine, at least in the show's right. format. 
Um, right. If, if they don't address it, I just assume that it's the the Kevin Smith dogma canon. I just, <laughs> I just assume they're all Ken dolls. I I really right. right. Yeah. It, I that's my natural conception for some reason. You know, and one of the moments yeah. I loved out of that episode at the and Manny and Zed have a lot of fun conversations. Um, they're mostly just. And this is the sad part. Like Constantine is emotionally fucking bankrupt, is what he is. Like he has mm-hmm. nothing to give. He, he, you can tell that he is a person who's capable of feeling things and expressing things in a normal human matter. But you just really, he's just done with it. And this is one of those situations where Manny has to step in for him and and explain to the people that he cares about that they are important to to him. Right. Um, I thought he had, he, their conversation at, at the bedside um, was fantastic. Just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later, God, this is, and I, I went back and forth with Zed. Sometimes she annoyed me a little bit because she was a little too, I don't know, airy. Um, She's and, an artist. I was able to get behind that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I understand that. Um, <laughs> but the she has the, the look on her face when she sees Manny, when she actually sees an angel and mm-hmm. it it's, it's funny like that the episode ends with you know john basically saying like you two enjoy each other and sodding off to have a cigarette fine but if uh I, it really you, you i don't even imagine that they had a conversation between those pews i just imagine that she just sat there and looked at him and smiled and was just happy to to see the visions of a real an actual proof of god and yeah just was content beyond contention with that and he was just happy to be there for that's how the scene ends for me it ends with like two hours of that and him going all right well this has been fun and you know splitting well it actually probably really ends with constantine finishing his cigarette and coming in there and saying should i get you to a room and then breaking up but yeah because damn you constantine you can't just let something be beautiful (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> but it is. It's a really engaging scene just to watch her through this episode like question everything. She questions her purpose, her faith, everything. Um, this is yeah. th- it's the most ex- existential episode she has. And it, it's, it's very rare that uh, someone has an existential crisis like that and it gets to be rewarding. And in this case, it is. So it's really fun to watch for her. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of the characters going through crises, quid pro quo was a great episode. I love seeing Chaz's backstory. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I just... Uh, Got a he good heart, good. that one. He was just good. Just a good dude? Just solidly good in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I just dug him a lot. Um, and there's not... You don't get all, like so much of Chaz that like you know you can... I mean, they wait until damn near the end of the season to really jump into Chaz's backstory. Yeah. Um, this is the Felix Faust episode, by the way. So, right. right. Um, great stuff. And, oh, man. I just, I wish there was more. I wish we, we had more to look forward to. I, I understand. Just, uh, uh, where do we go? Where do we go, man? <laughs> well, you only get to go as far as Arrow, but. I know. Just... Oh, and did I mention this? Um, I don't think we've brought this up. And I, I uh. I've never been good at citing my papers. Uh, that's only been something I could do when forced. But I think it's John Badham, the guy who directed uh, Dance Vaudou. Um That would have been episode five. I think he's the one directing Arrow for the episode that Constantine's going to be there. Is he? It's a guy that has... It, I can tell you that I think it's John Badham. Um, and if I'm wrong about that, I'm still going to be right about this. It is someone who has directed an episode of Constantine that is going to pop over and do hmm. a guest direction on the Arrow. Yeah, okay. So that's, you know that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah, we're gonna get someone who knows like how to 
how to shoot him. It's going to be somebody Matt Ryan's bet before. Um, and they literally, when he said he was dusting off the jacket or dusting the jacket off, every phrase, uh, yeah. he, he literally meant it. They took the costume out of storage and shipped it to Vancouver. They didn't just recreate it somewhere. It literally, t- it literally went out of the lot and got shipped to Canada. That's great. It's happening, Dave. It's happening. <laughs> now, some of the fans have, uh, or some of the Hellblazer fans, mm-hmm. have complained that the show didn't. Um, well, the show was met with some criticism mm-hmm. from the LGBT community uh, because they didn't portray him uh, as bisexual necessarily. Um, now, the showrunner said, you know, in the comic books, Constantine, you know, he aged in real time. Uh, Within the tomes of three decades of comics, there might have been one or two issues where he's getting out of bed with a man. So, you know, maybe 20, 20 years from now, but there are no immediate plans. Uh, and, you know, there was there was a lot of backlash from from uh, from other fans that he wasn't chain smoking quite as quite as much as he should have been. <laughs> and I've also read qualms that. OK, I want to give them absolute kinda... credit with this, with the chain smoking, at least NBC told him they couldn't. And then he wound up doing it anyway. Well, later, no, they. But. He ended up finding a way to shoot it as though he was chain smoking. But NBC said that you could you could show him lighting it, but not inhaling. Mm-hmm. So that's why every fucking time you see him do something, he pulls it out, he lights the thing, and it cuts away, and then it comes back, and he's all you know aghast in the fumes of of a cigarette. Now it it ended up being one of those things where NBC that's just kind of silly. Um, it is. I, you know, watching a character on TV, I'm not sure that's what does it. I, look, I'm not going to get into the pathology of smoking, uh, but it was a little silly to say he could have one. But it was one of those things where I don't care which side of the issue you're on as far as the the persistence of this disease. I, that was a middle ground that doesn't serve anyone. Yeah, It's still a cool guy smoking. That might as well be Camel Joe <laughs> with magic. <laughs> I, I I liked the counter. I liked the balance they had mm-hmm. on the show. I uh, I mean, I don't need to watch him smoke a cigarette for five minutes to be like, "Yep, that's my Constantine." Right. I I liked the I liked the balance they had on the show. That at the same time, you know, it's it. <laughs> like it never influenced me what what you know characters were doing. You know what I mean? Like. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It. It's just. I mean. I'm sure there are people out there who are easily um, influenced by characters on television. But um, it's 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 very similar to my, uh, an argument I made earlier in the Gods and Monsters uh, review that we did, where I was like, I've never been attracted to cartoons, man. Right. right. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Real people. Uh, but you know. Um, now the the really important thing that I've read a lot of, and I like I, like we like Jason said earlier in this in this episode here, um, we're not as as familiar with John Constantine or Hellblazer as we are, say Batman. Uh, Batman's our our boy; he's our dog. Yeah, he, I mean John Constantine's a fun aside from time to time for us. So. I I know I know Batman better than I know my own history. Right, right. Now and um, sure, alcohol, whatever. But the fact is. <laughs> There, there, there seem to be some, and I think it might actually, from what I've seen of the comics and what I've read, uh, I think this does hold some weight. And it, it was something that bothered me in the show, even though I love the show. Uh, there, this did bother me. Um, by virtue of of it being a television series in of itself and being procedural, it, 
they were pushing Constantine from a writer standpoint. They were pushing uh, Constantine into a uh, a more protagonist role than he really deserves because in the comics he's way more apathetic than he ever is in the show. Like in the <laughs> comics, he's like he's almost. <laughs> He's almost against actually doing anything. Like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't I just sit here and watch the end of Mankind and smoke my my cigarettes and, yeah. and drink my booze? And, you know, to, to place him into a... I mean, they gave him a reason with the rising darkness and everything. And like, okay, no, and I they, can get behind they that. They even just as, made it personal to him. They did. They made it personal to end him. End of the and, first I mean, episode, he, he says, like, when, when they're getting rid of... Uh, Jasper's kid uh, was it Liv Aberdeen when they're getting rid of Liv yeah. Aberdeen they specifically say you know it, he's he's at a bar he's getting drunk and he's trying to forget about his woes as Constantine does and mm-hmm. Manny appears and one of the things he says is you know, defending himself because he ran her off and you know, he orchestrated it and fine but defending himself he specifically says you know if she's going to get into our battle she needs to know what she's up to and all, all Manny focuses on is you said we because that's the yeah. whole point. For for even Manny, a fucking angel, it's going to be hard to get John Constantine to care about something. Right, right. So, yeah, in that way, I was okay with it. And I could I could understand where, they, because they did their due diligence in, in kind of building up and having, you know, even though it was somewhat off screen and they did quick flashbacks to it. I mean, this is a dude that's trying to get redemption for sending a little girl to hell. Right. I mean... No matter how apathetic you might be for that, I mean, you sent a little girl to hell, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a hard thing to say and defend, right? Right. So it's it's got this you get off your ass kind of quality to it, right there, just on the top. Right, right. So maybe you get off your ass and try a little bit. Right, right. So uh, I'm I'm good with it. And as far and as far as you know, um, as that's concerned. I could have used a little more apathy, but um, a little more spikeism. No, no, no. I, I, I look. There have there have to be adaptations. They're just they're due. They're, for any right. any medium yeah. change, there have yeah. to be. And yeah. in one of these, it's I would have been annoyed if I'm sitting there watching, you know, episode eight, nine, ten, eleven, and he's just as unwilling to get on board as he was in the first episode. You want progression, so right, right, right. Let it happen, and that's something you don't have to deal with in the comic books too much. Like no. With the other thing, we're talking about monthlies over years. Things change glacially sometimes in comic books. With the TV show, I've got you know you you got to keep me happy every week, motherfucker. So right, and you hey you know like I think they I did I think they did like and I argue this all the time like when they adapt these characters, I feel it's really important for them to get the essence of the character, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they did, and I thought Matt Ryan did a really good job with that, and uh, they got the essence of John Constantine. Um, Now, I mean, maybe not later on in the comics like because he does he ages 30 years he really yeah, does he really does and he's one of the only point, characters like, who ages he is though he and to the point of the lgbt thing like he's he is he's one of those characters that ages and he can have a lot of nuances in his life and mm-hmm. uh, you know constantine constantine getting out of bed with a guy at some point fine whatever it's yeah it's a tv show though and we're not trying to use your we're not trying to use your sexuality as a gimmick of any kind Right. If it's relevant to the plot, absolutely, and don't shy away from it. If it's not, you're using it as a gimmick. Right. Now right. that being said, the show got canceled because it didn't have enough viewers. Maybe we should have done that. But right. Um. As it is, let it stand gosh. on its merits as a story, not as a statement. 
Right, and it it does. I th- I feel like it does completely stand on its merits as a story. I, I, it's an unfinished story, unfortunately, but um, so far, yeah, it does stand on its own as a story and a good story. I'm I'm actually invested in what happens to Constantine. I've been really excited about Constantine crossing over with Arrow and and what could actually possibly uh, come out of that. One thing that they uh, I I will agree they. They really did. They pointed out, like I've I've seen people point out that he wasn't quite the silver tongue devil. <laughs> like in the comics, he can pretty much get himself like he knows some he knows a lot of magic and stuff. But his biggest strength is like is talking his way out of a conversation. And they gave references to it, like like I think it was Papa Midnight being like, "You won't be able to talk your way out of this one." Right. You know. But you I, know, we didn't get to see the, that a whole. The lot. strongest reference to that that I can uh, recall is um, I think it was I, I'm I'm having trouble remembering if it was Lester or Richie Simpson. I I think it was Gary though. That shit. I'm, I now that I'm thinking about it, it's getting all muddled. But look, one of them actually said at some point that you know back in the day that was all they wanted was you just wanted to be in his crew. Yeah. They and he could talk you into anything. Yeah, and they paint him as, when he had the Newcastle crew. They paint him as that guy that was just mm-hmm. so fu- his his balls could barely get in the door behind him. And right. You just the, the, these people wanted to just be in the same experience that he was having. Because that right. was an honor by itself. We're talking about a guy who started a band called Mucus Membrane. Like, he obviously has the the wherewithal to pull off whatever the hell he wants to pull off at any given time. Like, he's got the charisma level. And watching the guy, you kind of you, you, you get the sense that, yeah, he absolutely does have that charisma level. Because I'm right. tuning in every week because this guy's fun to fucking watch. But... They even the reason I'll get him off, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that is because they specifically all of this the entire show as it ended up being uh, you know finalized and presented is mm-hmm. in the wake of the Newcastle incident. So right, uh, yeah, I was going to say swagger. the same thing. Yeah, he has he has been his character has been diminished, and because of that, the the show as we have it shows a a broken Constantine trying to to right certain wrongs and. My God, trying to like they've de- they deconstructed the character, so mm-hmm. you're you see a lot more of the character as he is when he's alone um, than you would I would say on a, on a normal basis, uh, yeah. as far as just being the uh, the swaggering cock of the walk that he is. Right, right, and he is. He's one of those people that just had that congenital ability to convince other people that whatever the hell it was he was doing was the most important thing they've ever seen. And listen, man, I mean, you might be a a super confident, outgoing person, but I mean, and then, you know, think about it. If you, let's say you're, you're just so super outgoing and confident and then you screw up and you say something really stupid mm-hmm. in front of a whole bunch of people, for a couple of weeks, you don't feel so confident and outgoing. <laughs> By that measure... Constantine just sent a little girl to hell. Right, right. Because he was too confident. And he does. He he denies everything. He tries. I mean, when you when you open the show, he's getting uh he's getting electroshock therapy in one of the opening scenes yeah. of the show. Um I loved that, by the way. I thought it was a really I, I it was one of the scenes that intrigued me the most because he makes such it, it, he makes such a strange I don't know. It, it, it's such a strange scene. He, he makes such a strange face. And then you kind of think about how many volts are running through him right then. And you know, it makes it. Anyway, it's an engaging little scene anyway. And um, 
It really does set the tone for what he's up to. He's trying anything to forget. So for the rest of the series, when you see him with a with a you know three fingers of whiskey in a glass and pulling it back without taking a sip, you, you don't think yeah. twice about that because you've already watched this guy's version of escapism, and it involves electroshock therapy. <laughs> a pack of cigarettes and a few fingers of whiskey a day. Fuck it, that's a good day. Right. I do. I do want to mention a couple of things. I loved the episode um, where the the preacher grabs the uh, oh. angel wing. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was genuinely good. Um, Such a good episode, and I didn't think it was going to be when it first came on. Like when I first started watching it, I didn't think it was. I was going to be like, oh man, we're going to deal with some some Pentecostal backwards snake nonsense. Yeah, backwards snake handling, you know, yeah. douchebag. And then it 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 grabbed me, man. It became a really good story. Even with that, a, like a even that usual suspect like twist to you. at the end. No, that poor preacher that and he's um. Once upon a time, I remembered his name. It's long gone. Um, but <laughs> that poor bastard. What he uh, he gets you in one little one little moment where he's he's trying to preach, and you can tell he just doesn't have the gravitas to to really pull it off. And he mm-hmm. he actually stops kind of mid sermon and says, "You know, I just I don't have the ability to bring this old book to life like my father did." And right yeah. then, you kind of stop and give him an extra extra few points. You know. Yeah. And what was fun is I kind of like the chick that was always there with him. I don't know if that was his sister or his wife. I've watched the episode at least three times and I still don't know. Which is kind of perfect <laughs> for that setting. <laughs> like, it's it's, <laughs> it's kind of it, perfect. It had that feel uh, to it. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't as the worst part. It, all right. The worst possible uh, paintings are, of the South involve a lot of incest. Um, yeah, I, I can say most of which is absolutely nonsense. But yeah, yeah. But I understand the archetypes, and in this case, you know, once you've dug that deep into an archetype, I kind of, you know, I would wonder myself. And then y- you have a couple episodes later, the guy that's well, and this is it was a it was a whimper to end on um, the the episode with the. Um, it's the guy that has a bunch of uh, teenage wives. Oh, yeah, the man. The polygamist slash pedophile. Um, yeah, the Satanist pedophile, yeah. Yeah, who, by the way, and, you know, I've, I've, as many times as I've been to Louisiana, you know, probably three or four, I, I've never gone so deep into it that uh, I can attest to whether that was a genuine accent or the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I, I mean, I it, don't know. I, I've heard Louisiana accents that sound that way, but that uh, is some like South Louisiana Bayou dude, shit, right? Yeah, there. I have I have met a couple of uh, people from Louisiana. I couldn't understand what the hell they were saying. They were worse than this dude. Like I couldn't, and it was the accent was right. Like I just couldn't understand what they were saying. It's See, just, I I've like, met oh, several people from the absolute southest version of Louisiana, like the the kind yeah. where you, you live you know, negative 100 feet below sea level. And I understood what they were saying, but it was with such an accent that I felt like if I talked to their grandfather, he might as well have punched me in the face. And that would have been a better communicator than anything he could have said. Right. Well, you know, to the same effect, uh, you know, we, we like, I've, I know people, there are certain parts of Alabama, like, you know, you go to Birmingham or Montgomery and everything, you can understand everything just fine. Mm-hmm. And most people, I mean, have kind of a bit of an accent, but um, but then certain parts. <laughs> yeah, if you... Uh, certain parts. 
there's still, I mean, there are certain little towns in Alabama. Like, they don't, they just got power like 15 years ago. Yeah. And these people, you can't hear, you can't, I mean, you can hear them. You just don't know what they're saying. They're speaking nonsense. Yeah. There, there's, there's uh, little, little <laughs> pockets where the poverty line is so far above them that it's a little speck in the sky that they can't even see anymore. Yeah, it's not even an it's not even a uh, an accent issue. It's they're using words that aren't our words. They not part of the accepted English vernacular. And yeah, I mean, if something is you know, if something is close in proximity to another object, it's pert near. <laughs> right. I mean, it, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was down with that guy, and I mean, I wasn't down with him because he was obviously a pedophile and a Satanist, but. <laughs> I was willing to assume that you weren't down with his pedophilia and Satan eye. Right, right. Um, but, but I you know, I've gotten to know you just... over time, Dave, so. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to clarify that <laughs> anyway, just across the board. Like, by the way, like, not down with the pedophilic polygamy Satanism. But, right, right. You know. Just um, put this out there. Just put this out there. Um, One thing I did enjoy, though, about that, and it's it's really it's an odd thing, but it's something I noticed, and and I was kind of proud of him, like the 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 pedophilic Satanist guy who has all the wives. <laughs> I was like, well, he's a Satanist, and he's a pedophile and mm-hmm. a polygamist, but at least he's not racist. <laughs> like I was actually proud of him for that for some reason. I was like, well, hey, well, hey. <laughs> Because Deep South, you're going to think, you know, why don't they just, okay, he's a Satanist, he likes little girls, and (laughs) he's a polygamist. Okay, well, he's probably racist, too. Let's just throw that on. But no. No. (laughs) But no, it was the the picture of diversity (laughs) and that bed of swarming flies and slitted throats. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It was. And, uh, you know... (laughs) Hey, any you like the with Hollywood mm-hmm. and with television, you know, <laughs> you have to you have to find the nimbus in that dark cloud of how they portray the South. And uh, <laughs> I mean, but I, I suppose that's he was where already, I chose to find it. He was already, you know, non-traditional. I suppose his his right, his preferred right. deity was Satan, and I forget which demon, but he had a preferred right. demon. Right there was there was some sort of a demon, a trendsetter. That, that one. Uh, I was proud of him, though. <laughs> we're all going to be saying "Mercy Bacall" before we know it. No, are we not? No, we're not. Are we not going to say that? No. Well, at least not not until Gambit comes out. Are we not going to say "Mercy Boku" as though we were trying to hold a, an ounce of water in our tongue and can't use it properly the entire time? Yeah, I just assumed he was trying to keep his teeth in his skull. <laughs> That's fair. Is this te- he had like little baked bean teeth. He, he looked like he was they were about to fall out of his head any yeah, any second. I understand. Now and when, by the time Tatum by the time Tatum's done, uh, like mon frere will be a a common usage. <laughs> mon frere, mon it'll cher. be it'll be half hashtag mon frere before he's fucking done. <laughs> I really hope they don't do the thing that Qu- Chris Claremont did. Like Chris Claremont was the writer who uh, created Gambit mm-hmm. in the X Men comics, and uh, they did a thing where he would have him say, you know. a a phrase in in French, and then the next thing out of his mouth would be the same phrase but in English, oh, and yeah, it was so that, really annoying. The word for that is haughty. <laughs> the word for that is poor writing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the it's a phrase. It requires a full phrase. Poor writing. Oh. Um. 
Oh, all right. Now, it, being that this has gone on for freaking forever. Um, yes, it has. It has. And I was about to wrap that up. So. I, I want to mention one what else thing. You got, buddy? As just a, just a, hey, did you notice? Sure. Did you notice where Richie works? Where who? Richie. Um, I mean, he was a professor at uh, college. Ivy University. I don't mm. Okay. That that would seem to be one of those things where if you're going to pull him into specifically an Arrow universe where you already have an, an Adam, come on, uh-huh. come on. All right. Let Richie come on too, and they can do the little alma mater dance and stuff. It'd be great. Oh, oh. why did you say that to me? <laughs> now I want that so I much. Can't, I can't be responsible for your dreams. <laughs> I just can't. Um, I, and <laughs> yeah, I I do I do want to see. All right, the three things oh, though, man. I'm gonna pick three things that I w- I would like to see wrapped up by this series, and by this series. I mean mm-hmm. Constantine, and where I mean where right. the fuck you can. I don't care. Right. Tell me where the story yeah, ends. Sure, sure. Don't make me infer from going back through the comics and guessing where you would. It, no, in the story, like draw it up. It doesn't take. It really, honestly, doesn't cost too much money. You draw it right. up. You put DC at the top. You send it out. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm gonna put aside the 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 main character arcs, I suppose, and just do this. What the hell happens to Astrid? I want to know what yeah. happens to that little girl's soul. Mm-hmm. I just I have to know. I mean, it's 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 the main, it's the focus uh, of of what he's. I have to know. Um, very much related, the rising darkness. Mm-hmm. That's the part. If you had to mention one thing on Arrow, if I have to have one thing you say as the throwaway line that says that Constantine mm-hmm. has his own stuff to do, just say right. you're dealing with the rising darkness or the first to fall. Um, either way, I'm good. But the one that really the 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 one that really kept tugging at me that I I want to really know I, Constantine and his mother mm. I really want to know what happens with that. See, I want to know all of those things, and I also want to know about Zed, and I want to know about Chaz, and I want to know everything. I want to know Jim Corgan. <laughs> Jim Corgan to... is the big one for me. Well, he's I the think. right hand of God's vengeance. Of course, he's the big one. <laughs> I want to see Doctor Fate. Yeah. They tease that helmet. I want to see Dr. Fate, <laughs> Dr. Man. Fate, the guy I, who could defeat the right hand of God's vengeance and his friend, the I stranger. Want, I know they didn't really talk about it, but I want to see Swamp Thing. I want to see Swamp Thing. Dude, dude, I know I, I know how much you want to see Swamp Thing, and I completely <laughs> agree. But how much did you want to see the Phantom Stranger? Oh, uh, yeah. That's never happened. Really no one's ever Phantom done Stranger. a live Phantom Stranger. No. Like th- this, yeah, this man. was the closest we ever got see, to a live Spectre. That's never I been see, done. Oh, I, I would say that uh, we've never seen a live action Satana, but she was in Smallville and she was amazing. Hmm. So actually, Doctor Fate was done really well in Smallville too. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that was done well in Smallville. If you have, I don't know, the patience of a Galapagon sea turtle, <clears> I, <throat> I do not. I have a, a normal oh, human. Oh, come lifespan. on, man! No, you watch Grimm. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> But it's also important to know how far you can fall as both a show and a human being. And I'm learning that every week, every time I watch you, Grimm. You watch Misfits. Okay, that one I can defend and will. <laughs> and there are at least a few people in the UK that will agree with me. All right. Well, uh, just uh, just imagine the first three seasons of Smallville uh-huh. as, uh, as, as Grimm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last... I don't know, 15 seasons of small, whatever, however long they went. They you don't like even know years, how long. It went out for, uh, they went like forever. 10 years. But like the from like season four through <laughs> on to the end, season 10, man, I mean, it's, it's better than Harrow. Mm. 
It's just, the it last was, six years of that show are better than Arrow. Yeah, the last six. There. But it was one of those things where when I, I kept thinking, maybe I should try it, maybe I should try it, maybe I should do it, maybe I should do it. And I, I finally gave up when you said, if you can just get past the first like six seasons. I did not say that. I said the first three seasons. Is it the first three seasons of a one-hour, 22-episode show? And I'm going to tell you this. Uh, certain things happened a lot quicker than I remembered them happening. Uh-huh. So uh, they actually start de- dealing with like real mythology type episodes. Like it, it is a completely different take on, on Superman than you've seen before, but it actually is pretty good. Like like Clark finds some caves with like Kryptonian drawings on them, and like the Kryptonian like drawings start to move and whatnot. And one of the Dukes of Hazard tells him, "No, that's totally on. cool. Don't worry about it." Oh no, no, no! Or is he already dead? By the way, no, he's not dead at that point. But um, man. John Schneider or Schneider, Schneider, whatever his name is, the Schneider. Dude, Schneider yeah. yeah, he actually plays. He does a really good job. He is my favorite Jonathan Kent of all time. Really, like, this dude is like the exact opposite of of uh, of uh, Kevin Costner. I was about Hannah to say, Stone don't struggle for ways. Kevin Costner's name. For God's sake, he's an Sorry. icon. Sorry, yeah, I know, well, kind of. But no, I, no, he's been around he's, for long enough that no one should struggle for his name. Um, Man's paid his dues. Yeah, he paid his dues. It was called the Postman and Waterworld. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, though those are definitely dues. That, that's a check your check your soul at the gate kind of mechanism. Uh, but no, yeah, as, a, as a kid uh, who grew up in a field of dreams, though, I will always have a soft spot. Well, yeah, but uh, like um, the John Schneider version of, of Pa Kent, like the early episodes, you're gonna deal with. Uh, you are gonna deal with with some of the Costnerisms, like you know, don't don't be special, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And, but like they have such a huge character arc for his character, like. He he's just so good, and he's not he's not a dick either. So, so I'm gonna stop talking about Smallville. We're we're talking about Constantine, and we're we gonna wrap this. We're thing also up. gonna wrap up um, and not talk about Constantine. I wanna I wanna persist though with the one point. <laughs> Constantine was good. Constantine was good, and it deserved That's another the point season of at this, least. Right? That's the point of the entire wrap up. Yeah, is, is this was Constantine worth your time? Um, By the way, just as an aside, if you guys want us to do a Smallville like recap or something at some point you're gonna have to convince jason with your comments because he's yeah. not gonna watch it otherwise i'm just not i i'm god oh so god. all you smallville fans out there even if if i was convinced to do it which we are talking about a bunch of dc characters hanging out yeah. with each other so by convincing me to do it i, I don't mean it's going to take that much but it would still be <laughs> like one of those it'd still be one of those i'll see you next summer kind of things Right, yeah, it'll have to be ne- next summer, but um, it'll take that long for him to watch it. So if you yeah, guys really, really want us to do a Smallville recap or something next summer, and or just think Jason should watch it, let us know. Tell us, man. Let us. Uh, I think he does. Which I'm going to rephrase as, let me know exactly how vindictive you are as a human being. Let, let me know just how petty you can possibly be and force me to watch this show. Because <laughs> I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I don't know. It. He acts like he can't trust me here. I'm telling him what's bad and what's good. Come on. Anyway, we are DC on screen. Please go watch Constantine. Find a way, cause you're you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. 
I'm not saying um, there's going to be an ending. I'm not saying this is ever going to end well for you. Maybe no. a thread that goes no. unraveled for the rest of your life. A shoestring that you trip on for the rest of your time on Earth. But so help me God, that's 13 good episodes. It is 13 good episodes. It really is. We are DC On Screen. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Um, if you're looking for a similar podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, go over and check out uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Our friends Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. I'm sorry, it's not us. We only have so much time in a week. <laughs> go check them out. And uh, we're, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. They are too. Uh, give us five-star reviews and, and or five-star ratings and reviews. It really does help us out a lot. To be fair, they're as um, good in us as we could ever be. I, I guess. That's um, one of those Nolan lines. I've watched way too much of the Dark Knight trilogy. Speaking of, we are uh, about to get into, we're going to do a Dark Knight Rises uh, review. And uh, we, we've, we've got. A, we've still got a, we might actually have Dark Knight posted by the time this is done. It's it's but, uh, not even going to have a real title. It's just going to be called Vitriol. <laughs> so I, I really do. I hope you guys join us for our, our vitriolic review of The Dark Knight Rises. There's so much hate um, to give. And, God, we'll see you guys next week. And uh, let us know about Smallville. Seriously. Please hey, don't. Let us know. Please <laughs> do that. <laughs> Until then, keep some DC on your screen, because clearly we're going to. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. You want cash. You want to get stuff done. So what do you do? You buy 5-Hour Energy, of course. You upload the receipt to 5hewin.com, then find out if you've instantly won 10, 100, or even $1,000. Then you drink that 5-Hour Energy and cut through your to-do list like a hot knife through butter. 5-Hour Energy, the official sponsor of getting stuff done. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 and a legal resident of the U.S. Ends June 30th, 2021. For rules, visit 5hewin.com slash rules. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply.